If you're a one-person business making content and nobody is engaging with it, something is broken. And like with most things in life, the hardest part of creating content is simply getting started. So today, I'm sharing three proven ways to ensure that you're creating content that your audience will love. Hey, welcome to the M&M Podcast, where I drop weekly tips and insights to empower your one-person business growth as I learn what works and what doesn't along my own solo business journey. With an emphasis on content creation, marketing, and overall principles of success, this show is built to be a resource that fuels your effort in building the life and the business that you've always wanted. My name's Evan Shank, a dad, a husband, and also a full-time operator of my own one-person business, where every single day I'm making a lot of mistakes, having a handful of wins, and sharing everything I learn along the way. Thanks for being here and welcome to the show. I'm sure that you're probably in the spot or you will be as soon as you want to jump into creating content. These kind of questions start to swirl through your brain. At least this was the case for me. I thought things like, should I record some reaction clips on my phone? That seems to be trending. Or you're like, oh, I know. I'll write a blog entry on productivity or maybe imposter syndrome or dot, dot, dot. There's just all of these things in your head and you don't know where to do with it. Where you think, I'm going to commit to making one YouTube video every single week on finance or whatever the topic. I'll nail down the different videos I'll do. I'll nail that down later. <laughs> you know, or, or even, what's just going to get attention? That's all I'm trying to figure out. What topic will bring in the most leads? I don't care what it's about. I don't care about the niche or the industry that it's a part of. If it brings in leads, that's what I want. <laughs> and ultimately, within all of this is laced this one singular question. And that is, what do I say? And so to answer that, which is what we're talking about today, I have three questions for us to start out with. So the first question is, what's the one thing that we as one-person businesses want to see when we post our original content online? The answer is engagement, whether that be likes, comments, shares, clicks, etc. We're trying to get people to engage with our content. That's what we want to see happen. The second question is, how do you determine what topic to create content on? And the answer for most people is, they just guess. And then the third question is, using this blind fire approach, this whole guessing game method, which we know is not going to work for us, how can you ensure that you're making the right content to garner that engagement that you want? And for a lot of people, it's just kind of like an, uh, I'm going to cross my fingers and I guess I'll just make thousands of pieces of content over several years and then maybe look at the data and see what works. And the fact is, no, that's not how this game is going to go unless you really are that patient where you're willing to make thousands of pieces of content with literally no research or intention behind what we think is going to work and what's not going to work as far as engagement and growing our brand. There is a better way to ensure that the content that you're creating is actually going to resonate with your target audience. And as I said, today we're sharing three proven ways to ensure that you're creating content that your audience is going to love. So let's look at the value of organic content and why content is nitrous. It's this accelerant for your brand. Because when done right, the content you produce can ignite your business in a way that literally nothing else can. The first reason is that content makes you discoverable online. You know, back in the day, you had to pay big money to be seen. You think about newspapers, TV ads, billboards, etc. But now with the advent of the internet and the accessibility of cameras, microphones, computers, and phones, 
nearly everybody is online. And what do people do online? Well, they consume content and they buy things. With no content, you're hardly discoverable, and this is bad for business. The second reason why content is nitrous for your brand is that content reinforces your mission, your vision, and the values that you uphold as a person and as a brand. You see, without content, the only way to display these attributes about you and your business is on your website and via real in-person connections. But when you start using the high leverage communication method of content marketing and you're on all of these platforms, all of these channels, as you increase that and turn up the dial over time, you can easily force your mission, your vision, and your values in a way where your audience unknowingly starts to commit this to memory. This is the epitome of brand awareness. And the third reason why content is so good for your brand and really helps you accelerate the growth and get you closer to your goals quicker is that your content can provide an immediate return. It's not guaranteed that it will, but it absolutely can. You know, in today's modern age of AI, automations, remote delegation, and funnels, your content can spark and accelerate the hands-free flywheel that brings in new followers, new advocates, loyalists, and customers. Once they see your content, they may follow you. And once they start to follow you, they might really begin to know, like, and trust you. This goes back to understanding, now really starting to commit to memory, the mission, the thing that you're out to do in the world through your brand, the vision that you have for a better future for your target audience, for the people you aim to serve, and the values that you uphold. This is baked into them starting to know you, like you, and then ultimately begin to trust you if it's the right fit. So then once you get that, then they become customers and true fans or loyalists of you and your brand. And it's really appealing to think that this can all be working for you on your brand's behalf while you sleep, exercise, run to the restroom after you finish your coffee, while you're on vacation, so on and so forth. These are three great reasons and the list continues as to why organic content is so important. If you're familiar with the name Alex Hormozzi. He's really blown up on the scene over the past few years. Extremely successful businessman. He recently said that organic content itself literally is what built his brand. So keep that in mind. If it's working for him and other big, big players in the industry like that, then we're really missing the boat if we're not leveraging this, this opportunity that's right in front of us. You know, and even with all of these extremely appealing reasons for creating content, many of us are just missing the sweet spot, which is leaving us with a pile of posts or uploads that pretty much went nowhere. It's wasted effort. You put it up and it did nothing. You got no engagement. The algorithm didn't feed it out to anybody. It just basically did nothing other than helps you kind of earn the stripes and just kind of put in the reps of practice of creating content itself. So there is some value in that for sure. But for the most part, it's kind of a wasted effort in some sense. And because this is so common, there's a huge group of solopreneurs who are frustrated, burnt out, and ready to give up on it. So let me assure you, <laughs> it actually gets worse. So allow me the opportunity here to twist the knife and kind of really just prove and implore that you have to fix this now. There's no better time like the present. We got to jump into this now. So many people are online consuming content. In fact, this stat is going to blow you out of the water. 
the average daily media consumption worldwide is 455 minutes per day. That's seven hours and 35 minutes. Let me repeat that again. The average daily media consumption worldwide is 455 minutes per day or seven hours and 35 minutes. That's basically a full eight-hour workday every day across the world. People are start staring at screens for almost eight hours a day. And mind you, this is just an average. The number is just the average. So if you're reading this, it's incredibly likely that your target audience is online even more. If you are not putting out the kind of content that connects with your target audience, it's essentially guaranteed that their, their attention is going to a competitor. So if you're not out there in front of them online, on their phone, their tablet, their PC, whatever it may be, if you're not there, your competition is, or somebody else is going to be able to build up their audience quicker and achieve the dream life that they're chasing after. They're going to be able to build a brand on the back of the attention that they garner through the content that they make. Why not you? That's my question. This isn't 2005 anymore. You don't have an option. This is not a take it if you'd like it type of thing. You must not only make and distribute content, but it's got to be the kind of content that your target audience will connect with and appreciate. So let's get into how we can actually figure out the best content topics for our brand so that we can grow our brand and, you know, just everything, whatever your goals are. Organic content is going to help you uh, lift that up and help you all along your way. So here's three tactics that you can use to ensure that you're not wasting your efforts on boring content that doesn't actually help you or your audience. So here's some hacks. Method one, use your existing marketing channels to test topics and survey your audience. And I know at the very beginning of this, I kind of poo-pooed on the whole idea of just randomly firing off uh, topics, just testing it that way. But the power of this method shifts when you do it in a strategic manner. And I don't want you to feel overwhelmed when I start using the word strategy <laughs> or saying it's got to be very strategic. Uh, if you're anything like me, I am very self-aware of the fact that I tend to overcomplicate things way too often and way more than I absolutely should. <laughs> it's just one of the things that I have to remind myself on and make sure I don't slip into old bad habits. And with the word strategy, I know that used to just overwhelm me and stress me out thinking like, okay, this is going to take me at least a couple weeks just on my own to figure out strategy. But what does that mean? What goes into it? I assure you, it doesn't have to be that big of a thing. The strategy really is to use low friction content channels that don't cost you much time or effort to create on. Okay. So I have a few different examples that that uh, applies to this method. So let me share them with you. The first example is survey your email subscribers. It takes about five minutes to set this up and it can be templated into your email uh, system. So it's very easy to use over and over again. You only have to build it once. It takes about five minutes or whatever. And you can use this tool as long as you'd like. And for instance, in my recent email newsletters, I've been asking what one person business topics do you want to see more of? And then I basically have just a bunch of text where I created a hyperlink and they, they read as follows, mindset and mentality, content creation, the tips, tricks, and trends, email marketing and newsletter building, general marketing tips, tricks, and trends, or your boy Evan's life and business behind the scenes. You know, and so I've been using this off and on in my newsletters lately. I built it once and I can use it to survey my subscribers. And these are people that have already chosen to follow your journey and um, 
receive the, the content, the information that you choose to put out via email. So these people are much more engaged than just a random person that comes across your Instagram reel on the app as they're just, you know, doom scrolling or whatever it may be. The thing is, though, you can also apply this on other platforms. So you can survey your audience on LinkedIn, Instagram, Facebook polls, YouTube posts, and more. The fact is, if you don't ask, you won't know. So kind of like the genie in the bottle, ask and you shall receive. But the caveat here is that when you're at the beginning of your audience building journey, you won't have any feedback to go off of yet. Say you don't have an email list yet because you're just so so much at the beginning of your journey or you're still just kind of putting the pieces together and deciding whether you want to jump into one person one person business ownership yourself, you know, and I call this the one person business catch 22 because this is just so much the reality for all of us when we're getting started. And the catch 22 is that you need an audience in order to collect insights that steer your content direction. But you need to be putting out content in order to gain the insights needed to produce the content that people actually want. It's such a catch 22. Which way do I, how do I start? How can I do this? It's kind of like you need the experience to get the job, but you need the job to get the experience. It's this whole conundrum. So as another approach to this method of testing topics, instead of leveraging the existing the existing audience that you don't have yet, you could instead lever, leverage the algorithms. So here's our second example. And for this, it's just fire off tons of text-based posts on social media and see what people engage with. So yeah, it's a little bit more of kind of like a machine gun approach where you're just kind of closing your eyes and just firing off these tweets or these text-based posts. But you can use platforms like Twitter, which is now called X. You can use Threads, which is uh, Instagram's new or newish, depends on when you're, you're listening to this, uh, their new like Twitter competitor text-based app. You can even use Instagram Stories, for instance, okay? Uh, you can quickly batch it. The point is you quickly batch out a ton of text-based po text posts, that's kind of hard to say, uh, that cover a variety of niche-specific topics to uh to see what people are into, really. Uh, so, and, and with Instagram stories, for instance, or whatever platform that you're using that can do stories, I mean, the fact is that it's just low friction. It's easy to create. That's kind of the point. So text-based is a lot easier than making a video or recording a podcast episode um, or, you know, whatever it may be. So if you can even hold up your phone and do a quick like reaction or uh, just talk on something in your phone, you hit post on your story, that's low friction. That's easy to create. So that definitely applies to this example. And, you know, I've heard of the reason I bring it up is because not only have I tried it myself and continue to, but I've heard of plenty of other entrepreneurial thought leaders or people that are just big in the space, large accounts that, you know, they have the experience to back up what they say. And what they do is they use these these types of platforms as idea incubators. This is kind of where they just it's the battleground of just testing, just seeing what people engage with. They'll post a handful of their current thoughts, opinions, confusions, etc. And a lot of times it's not overly polished either. They don't make it like picture perfect. They don't word it exactly as scholarly or as poetic as they could. You know, they just fire it off and they see what people connect with. This feedback loop then fuels their pillar content strategy where they will then expand on the specific tweets or easy posts that they put up. They'll expand on those specific topics in a long form manner. For example, a newsletter, an email newsletter, a YouTube video, a podcast. And then what they can do with this long form piece, which you know, if you've listened to any of my stuff, you know where I'm going with this. 
you can then chop it up and repurpose it across your entire marketing machine. And this is what these big accounts, these big guys in the space are doing. And that, and then that way they can take that topic, they make a huge piece, then they get a bunch of mic, new micro content that can then exist on all of the other platforms where they are online, reaching a much broader audience and bringing new people in. And those new people turn into fans, turn into loyalists, turn into customers, the whole thing. You can see how this is a beautiful little circle. And so you can steal the same exact formula for your own content marketing strategy. But then the next sticking point immediately becomes having the right content creation tool to manage all of the ideas, posts, and more. And that's why I built an all-in-one solution that makes it easier than ever for you to keep all your content stuff in one place. Hey, real quick, as part of my business model, one of my big goals with this content is to monetize in a way that's unobtrusive yet valuable to you, but in a way that also supports my little solo operation that I've got going on here. So with that, give me a quick 60 seconds to share one of my current offers with you. And if you're interested in it, head over to evanshank.com or tap the link in the description below. And as always, thank you for being here. Introducing the Content Creation Toolbox, built to help you create, manage, and schedule pillar content like podcasts, email newsletters, and more. The perfect solution to kill the chaos and help you build your business so you can ultimately live life on your own terms. The multi-database system makes it a breeze to repurpose any piece of pillar content into micro content made perfect for your preferred social media pages. With pre-built templates for each content format, you can finally say goodbye to writer's block for good. Additionally, using the pre-written AI prompts that are provided Provided, you'll easily be able to expand your content to have more impact on your business and audience growth. Okay, method two, put your own spin on what others are making content on. The whole idea is that we're trying to build up content topic confidence. That's what we can say the aim is for us today. So say that you don't have an audience or say, you know, you would just want to try out a different method. Put your own spin on what other people are already making content on. Why not just mimic what seems to be working for others, really? But Evan, isn't that stealing? Well, I'd say that it is if you're copying and pasting it, but you're way better than that. So here's how to do this the right step, the right way. And here's multiple steps. Very simple. Follow along and you'll be doing this in no time. Step one, select about five or at least five of the top accounts in your niche. And, you know, and depending on what niche or industry you're in, the, the big people on the, on the social media platforms that represent and also re represent themselves have a brand in that same synonymous niche as you, that I'm sure that you know those names as I'm saying this. You have probably a few names or uh, social media accounts that you're thinking, oh, yeah, this person, this person, this person. Select five of them. And then what you're going to do is step two, dissect their content. Okay, so you're going to be studying the topic selection. You know, what topics are they they writing on that they're making content around? What's the format of the content? How do they do it? Is it, are they telling stories? Are they leaving a lot of unpopular opinions or contrarian takes? Are they making a lot of listicle type uh, content? Is it through video? Is it through text? What is it? Look at their writing style. Look at their tone of voice. Look for the common themes that begin to surface. You know, start to find that common den denominator between these multiple clearly successful creators, these accounts, these these solo business owners or whoever it is that's in your niche or industry, and then dissect it, okay? 
And as you're dissecting it, part of that is going to be step three here, which is study the comments. What are the follow-up questions that people are asking in the comment section? Is there a detail that that creator had left out of their piece of content that you think deserves highlighting? And you can obviously find this really easy if you see people asking a very similar question over and over again. Or look at differing opinions. You know, like if if the content that you're you're studying up on is something that is kind of a contrarian take, uh, something that's an unpopular opinion that maybe rubs people the wrong way, or I, I guess it doesn't necessarily have to rub people the wrong way. I, <laughs> I suppose it depends on like uh, how personal you take things, which we know that there's a lot of that going on in the world these days, especially on the internet. But you're going to find differing opinions. There might be some healthy debate and discussion in the comment section. So look for that. Look, look to find the other angles that people have on this same topic in the comment section. And then step four is take all of this and start loading your content machine gun, in a sense. Take these new insights and begin to craft your version of content based on these ideas. And what you do is you just take it and then you embed your opinions, your ideas, your personal experiences as you continue to day over day have more experience in the space. Bake all of these things into it. You're just reworking. You're just shaving the edges off of something else that's already been created that clearly seems to work because they're getting huge engagement on it from these big accounts. So why not leverage that, okay? And then as a bonus, while doing all of this, also leave your immediate responses and the insights that you have as replies in the comments on these big accounts, like where they're posting this stuff, leave that in the comments section as well. You don't need to just secretly like sleuth around and use your little magnifying glass to study the comments, engage in the comments. You can do both and, so you might as well do that because it starts to put your name in front of more people. And I've been doing this on Twitter. I'm just gonna keep calling it Twitter instead of X. It just seems to, I don't know. Uh, maybe it's just going to be an old habit that dies hard, but I've been doing this on there and it's working really well. So I can have my cake and eat it too. do research while also uh, just building some more, um, just getting in front of more people very simply with low friction. And I should also mention that this method works fantastic regardless of your current audience size. So from day one of your business or your audience building journey, you can absolutely be doing this. Okay, And then the third method, which I'm not going to expand on it too much, is read the forums. You can always just circumvent the other methods by combing through forums, which is similar to reading the comments on high-traffic social media posts like we just talked about, but usually there's a lot more meat on the bone in forums. You think about it, on social media, like a lot of times it's just limited. It's a character limit. And so it's really hard for people to like deeply flesh out their thoughts or their rebuttal to somebody's opinion on something. But in the forums, that's where people really start to, uh, that's where the term keyboard warriors kind of started coming from. You know, this is where you really just start to hack away at your keyboard and just start to put your two cents out there into the world. And not, and forums are great because number one, they're like, they're uh, kind of ancient at this point. They've been around almost as long as the internet, I believe. And, uh, you know, people know how to use them. People are, are definitely engaged in them. People want to continue to, to contribute. So whether it be Reddit or Quora, there's all sorts of places. And there's, there's forums that are more niche specific as well. So there's going to be some ones that dive in a lot uh, deeper specific to your industry uh, that you're a part of. So get into the forums and do the same exact thing as the method that I talked to you about with uh, the top creators in social media. 
get into the forums and start reading the questions, seeing the answers, add in your two cents and start to bake this in to your research. But the fact is the winning recipe really is applying all three methods. This is going to give you the ultimate confidence in your topic research. And once you do this, you're gonna have a ton of topic ammo, if you wanna call it that, that you can use moving forward, but you'll never fully hit the checkered flag with this exercise. So keep this in mind as well as we wrap this up. The, fic the finish line is fictitious. There's not a defined finish line to this exercise, just like with a lot of things in life. It's just kind of the game, it's an infinite game. But with consistent effort, you'll quickly find the intersection between your preferred topics and what others are looking for. You'll then be able to lock in your core pillar topics, the things that you really become known for that you speak on pretty much all the time. Once you figure out those core pillar topics, you can start to fuel a massive content repurposing system with minimal friction. I mean, imagine turning one piece of content into 50 plus pieces across multiple channels. That's efficiency. That's effectiveness over time. I've been doing this every single week with my newsletter that I write. And I've talked to, if you've listened to any of the episodes, uh, you've definitely heard me kind of preach on this a lot, but I write any, a weekly email newsletter that turns into a long form piece or an article in the blog section of my website. I use that as this script, which I'm using right now. It's a loose script, but I just kind of have my notes and the flow of what I want to talk about for today's video podcast episode. And then I can start to chop all of this stuff up depending on the social media platform that I'm trying to post for uh, and you know, start to build up batch create essentially and build up a queue and schedule it into uh, my, my software. So you know, it's just, <laughs> it's the best way to do it. We talked about why organic content is so important. It's kind of like you've heard the, maybe you've heard the quote, uh, it makes me think of, they say that the tide, when the tide rises, it lifts all ships or lifts all boats. So I just kind of think of like a boat harbor or something like that. And so the boats in your business are the different goals and offers and products and just the different things that you have going on in your business that are a part of your future success, that you're building as a part of your future success. And the content, your organic content more specifically, is kind of like that tide. And it, that tide, when it rolls in, when you start to really amplify the amount of organic content that you're putting out there and you do it in a strategic manner with topic confidence, which is what we're talking about, what we've talked about today, it lifts up all of the other things. So remember, the reason that us solopreneurs struggle to nail down what type of content to make is often because we feel a need to make something that's never been seen before in order to stand out. We also feel like it needs to be high quality in order to leave the best brand impression. And then we also, a lot of times, we feel like an imposter, even speaking on topics of our own expertise. And the fact is, you're not an imposter. So here's three encouragements to leave you with. Number one, you don't need to reinvent the wheel in order to stand out. Number two, the production quality of your content is one of the least important aspects of making good content. You can increase the production quality over time, little by little, as your budget allows it, as your competence starts to build, as you get the systems and the, the most important things figured out first, which is, for instance, as in today, it's about the topics that you're talking on that starts to support the growth of your brand. And the third encouragement is that you're always going to feel like an imposter when you're doing something new. And this is a human-based insecurity. 
It's not a you-based thing. We all feel it. I feel like an imposter right now hitting record. And it's like, who am I to speak on building an audience when I only have so many subscribers on my email list and so many followers on Instagram and subscribers on YouTube? It's like, who am I to speak on this? Well, I'm in the trenches of this stuff every single day. I'm sharing my insights along the way, which is kind of what I hang my hat on. And that's like the mental encouragement I give myself almost on a daily basis as to why I have, why I'm like, I guess, give myself permission to talk on this stuff. It's not because I am an expert, but because I'm an explorer of this stuff and I am working on building expertise day in and day out. Why not share that with you? You know, so that's how I am able to, for an example, uh, get over my own imposter based uh, stuff that the crap that kind of goes through my head time to time. That's just not true. You know, I used to spend so much time over analyzing what platform, what content format, what topics to cover. I kept thinking I need to build a comprehensive strategy and a system before I hit post. But the fact is, it's all just a lie. Just get started. Keep your ear to the ground. Adapt and evolve. Remember, don't overthink it. Just hit post. And until next time, peace. If you enjoyed this episode, there's plenty more content on this channel ready for you right now. If you're catching this on YouTube, consider dropping a like and be sure to hit the subscribe button before you leave because that simple action exponentially helps this channel grow. I value your time and attention. So thank you for sticking around. You're the best. And until next time, peace.